You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Flick is not a word we use often enough. That's true. Uh, It's old timey. It's like kicking the can. Old timey like me. Uh, episode 381 of the New Utah Podcast. Julia will not ruin this show because she can't be here tonight. Speaking of old timey, we talked about it today for work. I, I got this plat map. So anytime I'm doing a project for somebody, we have to get the original plat map. Uh, it gives us the outline of the property and property boundaries, all that kind of stuff. So I got sent to me today and I, and it was so unique. I sent it to my podcast homies here to take a look at it's from 1890. Before Utah was even a state. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of boxes. <laughs> like, there's no. At first, I thought it was a joke because it's like just like handwritten. And, and there's no real indicators. Yeah, there's there's like just a really, bunch of boxes. Uh-huh. There's not like any measurements or anything. Well, if, if you look at it a little bit closer, it says, if not noted, it's 25 feet wide and 117 feet deep. But they're all exactly identical. Yeah. So it's funny that they, they drew it all out, but there's there's really no... Also, anyway. that's really deep and really narrow. narrow. 25 feet wide. Yeah, it's up in Poplar. Yeah, that's like... District area. That's like brownstone yeah. style design. Like really narrow buildings. But yeah, before Utah was even a state. So that was old time. It was kind of cool. Anyway, every, every once in a while, like, I come across kind of cool historic Utah things like that through work. Uh, my dog... I got to talk about my dog because he's not long for this world. Not the annoying one that's down here. Gnawing. It was sounding like he's gnawing on the table. Yeah, it's a she. It's um, the leg. But the old one who's Chopper's going to be 16 in November. He's pushing like cat life. He's there. old enough to get a driver license, but he should not have one <laughs> because he's got like real bad dog dementia. So earlier. And he has these little absentee seizures. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh my God! There you go. All Who's the complaints, all like, the time. It's like Mitch McConley. Um, yes. Like worse though is like, the problem. <laughs> he's standing there, standing at the wall. So this this weekend, um, Friday and then um, Saturday, he was really bad. Like he stood. So Saturday afternoon. Well, Friday and Saturday, he wouldn't come back in from outside. Like, I had to go out and go near him and kind of, like, push him into the house. At one point, I had to pick him up. Like, he, it's like he didn't recognize that there was even someone there. Caught Like, he, you could tell he would perk up a little bit when he could hear someone. But, like, then he came in, like, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, we brought him in. and he, When we got back from the fair, he was doing a little better. That was Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Saturday... <laughs> He stood on the same square of tile for an hour, right next to the door. Then he moved to the next square for like 30 minutes. And like, there's no recognition. He didn't eat for two days. Poor old man. Well, and I'm like, if he's not eating and he has no recognition, he's just a shell of a living. Like, it's probably getting, like, it's time. Like, I'm having this serious, like, contemplation all weekend that I'm going to have to put my dog down because... That's not a way to live. Like, I know we fucking force humans to live like that in vegetative states, right. but like, you know, imagine the, the, the Mitch McConnell stuff uh-huh. for two days. Cause that's what it was. Like, there was no, like he, there was no recognition at all. So spoiler alert, we went to the fair this weekend. Um, and then on, on Sunday, 
So Cassie came over before we went to the fair. But like for um, a second, like she walked and, in and we talked. And Chopper was left. still Sunday morning. He didn't eat and he was still pretty catatonic and he wasn't even like downstairs. He was upstairs like and so she didn't even see him. When we got back from the fair later that afternoon, it was like all of that was gone. He was back to being Chopper. Like the switch had just clicked and like he, there was recognition and he, he was, was like super excited to see Cassie. Bouncing. It's like, Oh, I haven't seen you guys in years. That's dementia. That's yeah. exactly what and that so is. So he ate, he ate Sunday night. He ate pretty good yesterday. He did not eat this morning. Um, but that's kind of not unusual for him. He's kind of a hit or miss when it comes to eating. So yeah, well, I'm a little more concerned about yeah. it now. So, uh, but, and, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's he's getting close. Cassie was like, we always say the two two out of five things that make the dog the dog are no longer present. It's time. And so I, thankfully he's not incontinent yet because I think if that happens, like, that's, that's it. I mean, we'll find accidents, but it's just because he doesn't go when he's outside. And so, like, he's like, oh, I guess I'll just go. It's not right like here. he's just going as he's no. walking around or anything. Right. So he's at least still got that those functionalities about him but i think it's getting close to time i don't know that he's even got a year left i kind of spaced it but like on that saturday i was cleaning and i went <clears throat> went to vacuum my office and he was laying in there so i was like hey buddy you gotta move and i picked him up and put him outside the door he stood there the whole time i was vacuuming my office he didn't move didn't move and That's... so i like had to pick him up and put him outside of his kennel and when i did that he kind of wobbled for a minute and then like walked into his kennel yeah he's it was really depressing it's gonna be hard when he goes for yeah, me. Yeah, poor guy. It's He's well, been it's hard because you, you don't want him to go, but at the same time, you got that crossroads of like I. He's got to have a better life, like or no life, because it's not a life. So we'll see if he gets like that again. I mean, that was a like a couple. Like he has spouts where he's like that for like thirty minutes, but it was two and a half days, and I was like, I think. Like, if he's still like this Monday, like, we have to take him in. I think at some point on Friday, he must have had, like, a bigger, like, just absent seizure than... an actual seizure. You know? And it just, you know, knocked him out. Actually, now that I think about it, I remember I had to get up, was it Thursday night? Because he he was whining in his kennel. And so I had to, like, it was, like, three in the morning. He never does this. Like, they woke me up. I had to let him out at, like, three in the morning. Uh, and yeah, he wasn't really the same since that. So maybe something did happen. Maybe yeah. he had a seizure I know or something. When, when Ebo passed for him, it was a period of about a month of how fast he went downhill. And well, he's like down here right now, just like wandering around looking to see if I drop a chip. His usual. Yeah. He's yeah, just being chopper. Uh, anyway, also, uh, so pickles, um, our, uh, previous co-host Josh's dog pickles, who is not even as old as chopper. I think um, he's like a couple of years younger. Uh, but he's he's getting up there too. He's, he's a pug got, though, and pugs yeah. really don't live that. He's long. got all his teeth out. Like he has some trouble walking every once in a while. Uh, he's pretty much deaf. Uh, and he had gone basically completely blind, like really fast, completely blind. Like at one point, Carissa was stand like. Carissa was standing in front of him and he was like looking at her and he starts barking because I think he realizes that she's getting ready to feed them and their dogs bark when they get fed. I don't know. It's their thing. <laughs> um, and she like completely leaves the area 
and he's still standing there looking up and barking at nothing because he thinks she's still there and she's not there. Uh, so anyway, uh, talking to them, so like a week ago and they got, they had just gotten back from a trip and they were like, well, let's take him to like the doggy eye specialist and see if like it's glaucoma or cataracts. It's something that we can maybe surgically repair for him so he doesn't have to be blind the rest of his life. Cause he's, you know, he's still not like having a horrific life or anything sure. like that. Uh, and they go and the guys, there's no glaucoma. There's no cataracts. Like I don't, there's only two reasons really that he would go blind at this point. One is that he has really swollen, um, like ocular nerves mm-hmm. or something. The other is that he's had macular degeneration. He's like, just genetics. Yeah. He's like, I can't fix the degeneration, but if we give him some steroids and perhaps like whatever inflammations back there will clear up and he'll be able to see again. So they put him on some prednisone and he can fucking see again. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So yeah. So he's, huh. he, uh, was able to, they were able to get him to see. It was really weird seeing him go from, blind for the last couple times i've seen him to like he can see and he's like way more active i'm sure some of that is he's on fucking steroids so right well that's good i'm sure you can move around a lot better when you can see where you're going well and also (laughs) like your joints don't hurt as much when you have a whole bunch of fucking steroids in you like you're like oh i'm superman i can do anything (laughs) well that's good news that that's that's i know i thought you were gonna give us like He's going out too. No, no. So that was really good news for him. Anyway, that's got not a lot to do about Utah except that we live here, but it's part of our life and we share that uh, on the show. I will say this last weekend was a fantastic weekend for me. I got to, uh, I got uh, the second paper of three for this class that I had to read three books in. I started another class because I can't really do anything but read a book until it's done in this other class. But then I got to watch uh, the the Utes um, in their game against uh, Baylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to watch them beat Baylor in a really crazy, spectacular ending of a game. Like it was a... Really crazy comeback. They they look well, like they were in Florida two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, so they've maintained their rank. They're tw- yeah. ranked number twelve uh, in the college AP. Um, and you know Baylor is no slouch of a team. They're not great this year, but beating Florida and then beating Baylor, like those are some good. Baylor's games. a good Texas team, though. Yeah, they're an okay Texas team. Baylor <laughs> um, needs to go away. Uh, so anyway, so Baylor they beat Baylor, and then um, NFL regular season started this weekend. And Dallas played Sunday night, and they fucking smashed the Giants. It was con- like the way the game started. I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm gonna tell you about an upcoming trip as well because it's gonna be a blast. But the way this game started, it looked like the Giants were gonna drive the ball down the field, score a touchdown, and Dallas was gonna be like having a real fight. They end up getting a turnover, like a pick six, basically. Uh, no, no, no. It was a blocked field goal attempt that turned into a touchdown. They picked up the blocked field I goal saw that and highlight. ran it. I saw that highlight. For a touchdown. That's and awesome. then there was a defensive pick six, and like the game was just basically over for the Giants at that point. They beat, beat them like, I think it was 42 to nothing or 45 to nothing. <laughs> the, the second half, because I was just sitting there, I was doing something else, but I wasn't, but I was sitting there and Chris was like, the worst part of a game like this is the commentators stop commentating on the game. Oh, they just start talking about whatever the fuck they want because there's no get like right. there's no like when when in in a regular season game a team pulls their starting lineup in the fourth quarter, you know the game is over mm. and like the commentators, the color guys, like 
they just start talking about other shit. Like at one point, they started talking about TV shows on Peacock because it was an NBC <laughs> NBC game. <laughs> like he's like, oh, we can talk about. He goes, oh, we can talk about Peacock shows that we like if you want. We got lots of time. That's hilarious. <laughs> like. And it's not like normally when a game is like that on like at 11 or 2, the network will actually cut to a different game being played at that same time. Um, but Sunday night, there's only one game on. Right. So at 11 and 2 on Sunday, there's a bunch of games. But at, you know, 6 o'clock, the prime time, there's just the one game. Monday night, there's just the one game. Thursday yep. night, there's just the one game. That's funny. I like, I like Dallas. I like Dallas Cowboys and I like Dallas Stars hockey. I like. All of I love teams. me. I love me the Cowboys for football. So I was really happy with that. Awesome. Now I'm gonna tell you about my fun weekend in California. You might already know about it. So, uh, my friends Ryan and John and I have been talking. So Ryan went to Texas Tech, uh, and I grew up in Lubbock, Texas for a little bit of my life, and always wanted to go to Tech, but just didn't happen. Um, and so. Now that BYU is in the same conference as Texas Tech, we were like, okay, well, we're going to go to the games here, and we're going to get tickets and go to the games in Lubbock when they play at Texas Tech every year because John's a big BYU fan. So we, <laughs> we have the tickets this year at BYU to watch Tech beat BYU. Uh, and then um, we were you talking those about- already? Yeah, we already got those tickets. We've had those uh the weekend after I go to this trip. Sure. So we were talking about- potentially going on a trip down to California to watch the Cowboys play. So the Cowboys play the Chargers uh, on Monday Night Football um, in October, mid-October. And turns out in L.A., the same stadium the night before, the day before, the Rams play um, Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh, wow. So we are going to tell the story a lot. We're going to Southern California to watch the Rams and the Cardinals, and then the Cowboys and the Chargers, because why not watch two NFL games if you're going to be there anyway? Yeah. And then, so when the hurricane happened, Hurricane Hillary that hit the Mexico and the West Coast yep. and, you know. The one that Biden led over the border. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when that hurricane happened, RSL was supposed to play LA Galaxy in LA that weekend. And they postponed the league, postponed the game because of the hurricane. They didn't want they did, they they knew they probably were going to get get to play anyway, and they were really worried about flooding in and traveling and all of that. Anyway, so uh, they rescheduled that game. Turns out they rescheduled it to Saturday before the Sunday and Monday games that we're going to for the NFL. So I'm going to go see RSL in LA, <laughs> and then so see Saturday two NFL he's going to see the professional soccer team play, and then then two Sunday NFL and games. Monday night he's going to watch the two nfl games awesome. and then the next weekend he's going to go down to provo and watch the texas tech game uh, i'm pretty stoked it's going to cool. be a cool cool trip he's going to be all football footballed out yeah it'll be really good i'm excited that's awesome it. that'll be fun so when are you going down to texas not or not texas will be next year because gotcha. they play at byu this year oh, oh, oh but we're going down to southern california to watch a gotcha you know what games. i'm doing Absolutely. nothing sitting nothing. at home I mean, I'll probably like do some tiling. <laughs> I'll probably like clean the house. I yeah. might paint, maybe. You could, you could uh, pick that weekend to tile our bedroom. How am I going to move all the shit out of the bedroom? Call your buddy Jeremy over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jeremy's seen our bed. I don't think he wants to try and move that fucker. That thing is monstrous. Yeah. <laughs> the bed comes actually up to like my boobs. Okay, I got to talk about one other thing that doesn't really. It's not really Utah, but it's such huge news that I can't not talk about it because it's in. Uh, oh, I know what you're going to talk about. So, 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, yesterday, uh, Monday, the 11th of September, September 11th, imagine that. Um, it actually started Sunday, but the, 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 the heart of it really hit yesterday. So the MGM resorts properties across the nation, particularly in Vegas. So they own the MGM Grand, the Bellagio, the mm-hmm. Aria, like a whole bunch of fucking properties out there tied to MGM. Well, they got hacked. And by getting hacked, I don't mean a small hack. Not like, you know, their their employee files. Their website was down. All of their hotel systems were down. Their key card readers for their doors weren't working. Their their gambling machines. Their slot machines. Now, to be fair, they took their slot machines offline on purpose because of the intrusion. I think maybe their slot machines, so like their players club. Right. So think about slot machines, like the game itself is so super protected like it's set up as like its own portion of the machine that doesn't have access to everything. It's very firewalled off. But the rest of the machine, they have to do things like, you know, figure out money in and money out. They have to do um, players club stuff on them. They have other things that the casino might have promotional wise. They have to be able to pull money in from like free play. They have to be able to tell uh, so there are some very networked portions of right. these machines. They also have to be able to tell, like, okay, we had a spin, update the progressive amount, or, hey, this machine won the progressive, that sort of thing. So they shut down all the slot machines and all all the video machines, period. Any sort of electronic. Anything that had any kind of a connection that, to the. Shut down. Yeah. That's and crazy. some of that's probably because they got, like, the Players Club system was affected. Uh, the ATMs were shut down because they were affected on the network. Uh, and it wasn't just the casinos. It was their other properties, too. So it wasn't just like Vegas. So MGM has other resorts around the country in random places, and they all had the same problem. Wow. As far as I know, they still haven't fixed it. So the stuff that I've been reading today, they got a temporary website up, and they have posted a couple small things on Twitter. They had to, like, go to manual keys for their doors for their hotels and like give customer manual key because the card readers don't work. But who wants to go there? You can't gamble. You can't. That's, I mean, you're probably already there at that point. That's, it's a really big deal. I mean, I guess unless you're there for like a convention or something, that's losing a ton of money. Oh yeah. Like, Hundreds of millions, like, if not billions of literally dollars. Literally like just hour, hemorrhaging money. Hundreds of thousands every hour and, that you're and, down. And it's like, I mean, they're, they're 24 seven operations, the casinos right. in particular, and the amount of security those guys have, and I'm sure it was like the entry point is is human. It has to be. And there's a whole bunch, but it was, it's a bit, it's had, I've had some really interesting back and forths with Sean, for example, who is a security professional in the right. IT space. Um, I just, it's really an impressive hack. And I don't know who did it. It's probably just people looking for money, is my guess. The Russians or a bunch of 12 year olds in their mom's basement. That ain't the Russians. They ain't got time to hack shit right now. <laughs> I really think that it's like Chris said, it's got to be somebody, somebody's got to have helped some. It's a out. criminal. It's got to be a criminal organization. And for in money. some inside support. Well, no, I don't even They're not know. saying anything, but my guess is it's a I, ransomware attack. So yeah. they're saying, hey, you have you've had to shut everything down. If you want the pin or the want us to let go of this, you you need you to pay, pay us, us a certain amount of money. Which I'm sure it's tied to some organization that's you know outside the country. Sorry uh, about that. That's fine. Uh, anyway, so I just had to talk about that because I think it's crazy. That's crazy. Um, couple of quick other notes. Um, green urban lunchbox. It's harvest season for yep. all the fruit trees. So they've 
they've had a huge amount of people sign up this year, which is awesome for them, but they're really needing volunteers. Uh, you can volunteer for an hour, a day, the whole rest of the time. And Pick what, fruit, sort fruit. Yep. What you're doing? Yeah. I just want to do it for five minutes. Harvesting the fruit, helping them, and uh, go on their website. They've got the information. They'll keep you in your area. So if you say, hey, I'm in Riverton, they'll say, okay. They're not going to send you to Bountiful. These are locations we have near you. They'll give you a little bit of training. Uh, but but remember, all of the fruits goes to homeless, those in need. Mm-hmm. They also produce food with it. They don't They don't just keep this. So there's a whole lot of things that they do with it. Yeah. Really great. We've had them on the show before. Great guys. Uh, it's so, a really good, really good thing that they do. And this is their really busy time of is, year because yeah. this is when... All the fruit trees need to be harvested where stuff's right. falling off and just rotting on the ground. I mean, and they take care of stuff the whole season, but yeah, it, everything kind of uh, becomes... Also, speaking of, if you have fruit trees that you fucking hate because right. they produce fruit and you have to clean it up every year and you don't really use it, go to their website and yep. call these guys because they're awesome. They'll come and they'll take care of your trees yeah, all for season. you. They'll come and they'll... spray it, weed it, prune mm-hmm. it. I mean, the whole thing... And then harvest it at the end of the season. Yeah, it's it's a really good program. You should absolutely reach out if you have fruit trees in your yard that you want someone to come take care of for free, basically. Um, and to not waste all the beautiful fruit that comes off of them. Right. Uh, just a reminder, fair, fair still going on this week and into the weekend. Um, and then um, Fanex is the 22nd and 23rd, Saturday yep. weekend, whatever those days are. Yep, Julie will be there with... Yeah, with the, uh, the crystal lady Utah, altar. The Utah crystals. <laughs> Utah crystals. <laughs> yep, they'll be there. She's excited. This is her. I mean, she's done a lot of stuff, obviously, over the last couple of years. Yeah, but but this I, is her. I think this is going to be This her, has been one of her dreams. Show. Her yeah. first Fanex. So she's super excited. Well, she's yeah. so way, but way, way, way back when, when I was going to Fanex, I know she came. She's in junior high and high school. And even back then, it was like, this is something I want to do. Someday I want to be a vendor here. So. Big deal for her. She's, she's yeah, excited. she's accomplished a big goal there. So, uh, if you are going to Fanax, please go visit Julia's booth. Um, if you're me, you're probably not going. So, I, you know, I like it, but maybe maybe next year I'll go. Maybe I'll I'll carve out some time. I don't have a lot of time left this year after going to California. That's uh, <laughs> we got another cruise this year. We've done a lot of of smaller trips this year. Um, and then uh, next year we have a really big trip. So and the following year we got a big trip. It's true. Longer, <laughs> as long. I don't think any longer because we're going a couple days early for the. Uh, we're we're going to Iceland next year and we're going a couple days early to check out Europe, um, London, really. Just London, yeah, not yeah. Europe. And then uh, the year after that, um, which we'll talk after the show. The year but, after that is our uh, Jeremy and I turn fifty. Fifty. Yeah. And and Heather and our friend Josh. Golden showers for the golden birthday. <laughs> uh, no. What? No? Is that not no. how it works? No. So we're we're planning a big group cruise uh, through the Panama Canal uh, in 2025. Super excited about that. Um, yeah. So now you know that we're going to be gone uh, for when. long periods of time in the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't know when. You know, Bree will be home alone uh, when I go to California. Um we do have two guns in the house, so don't try to come into the we house. We have two and, guns and a pit bull. Yeah, we have a fucking dog that will. If you don't, if the dog doesn't know we you, two loaded guns and a you know a pit lot of people. A lot of like, I don't want to make my dog out to be like this fucking mean, crazy bitch of a dog because she's really actually well behaved and she's a sweetheart and she loves everybody unless I'm by myself. But I, w- I will tell you, I have no doubt in my mind. A lot of people say like, "Oh, my dog's a good guard dog." I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> 
my dog would fucking tear someone apart if they were coming after Bree. Yep. If I am by myself and I open the door just for anybody, even if I'm like I ha- I, I have to keep her between my legs, her hackles will just like. Yeah, she's not, a couple times I've. Watched the house for you when you were gone, and me coming in, she got a little funky because like, she didn't know who you hey, were out of the me. Game. You've yeah. seen me. Like, I keep telling her if you if people come in through the garage, Phoebe, it's fine. They have the code, she, she but doesn't she doesn't get, get it. <laughs> she does it to the daughters too when they come in through the garage, and she doesn't know they're going to be here. Yeah. But she I, as soon as she recognizes yeah. them, she goes back down. But not with strangers. I let her go. Like I don't fucking stop her when there's people I don't want at my door, yeah. like shitty salespeople. I'll just let her go. I won't even try to there sit her There have been down. a couple of times when, like, she'll she'll be fine for a minute, and then they'll move some way that she doesn't like, and it's like, it's, like, it's like those, like a so yeah, don't, looking cat. Don't try thing. to come fuck with my wife while I'm out of town, you assholes, because my dog will probably destroy you. I mean, she kind of gets that way a little bit with Chris, but, like, 100%. Chris can be down in the basement, and she'll get that way with me if I'm... If you I never know. I might be here tiling. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> you probably will be. Also, our neighbors are great. So um, they would all say stuff and probably come to the rescue. If I think be. we might have new neighbors at the end of the street, but we can't figure it out. Or yeah. We haven't decided yet. All right. With us uh, this week is uh, Sean uh, Barrows. 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 I don't know. I didn't ask before. No, nobody so. ever. Yeah, it's 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 the story of my life, and I have to spell it every time. You know, because S H A U N. My parents were really smart yeah. about that. Well, they were <laughs> being one of those creative spelling. Well, S S E A N S H A W N S H O N. I've seen the O N once. You, you, yeah. You know, you live in Utah. There's all sorts. Oh yeah. I mean, look, the Real Salt Lake has like 15 players named Brian, Brian and they're and all, it's spelled all spelled differently. <laughs> you got like Absidy, which is A B C D. That is not mm-hmm. in Utah. It's McKenzie 30 different ways <laughs> in Utah. <laughs> McKenzie with a silent. R. Yeah. It's McKenzie. It's M K C or M A C I N Z Z E. McKenzie. I mean, Ashley is a really common one with yeah. all different spellings. And well, and then they Riley got offended and, that you spelled it wrong. That's, that's right. not how you spell Ashley. I don't know how the hell <laughs> There's two E's on the end. Well, that's why like, my last name's Birch. And in the state of Utah, Birch is spelled B I R C H. Yeah. You look it up everywhere. So when I say my last name, I always spell it because I'm the only one that's spelt B-U-R-C-H in Utah. Now, well, I don't I, think you're the only one. I mean, in most of these systems, I'm the only Birch with <laughs> Now, if I go to Texas, it's the opposite. I ain't got to spell my name. I ain't got to? Nope. Because that, that's how Texas it's spelled. And- <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's a weird Utah thing with my name. Yeah. Um, so where were you born? Well, actually, let me take a step back. When were you born? What, you what, don't have to uh, get the year. What's your birthday? October 28th. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah, coming up. That's, that's the Halloween baby. Jeremy. It's the October day before. 29th. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Your Halloween baby as well, Halloween probably. Baby. And my sister yeah. also October 29th, but so six years to be, later. To oh, be wow. fair, you're not actually a Halloween baby. You're a New Year's baby. So January, end of January, your parents <laughs> yeah. were doing something. I mean, could have right. been, right. been Valentine's Day. True, could have been More like Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, born a little bit early. Born a week or two early. Like your parents. You thought about that? How your parents conceived you? No, I don't usually try to think about that. You will now. So I grew up in the Midwest, and they celebrate um, All Hallows Eve. So they don't trick or treat on the thirty first. You go out on the thirtieth. Hey, we don't. We don't either here. 
Well, that's if true. If it's, it's, on a, if it's ever on a Sunday, that's not happening. But my birthday being the 29th as a kid, probably till the time I was eight or nine, I thought Halloween was because of my birthday. I thought that was like, oh, that's, everybody's doing this. They're celebrating it's my birthday. I know. It's right. They would, it's something, somehow you're affiliated with candy and you just figured that was a great right. you know, association. Well, <laughs> for every birthday I had as a kid, I got my Halloween costume for my birthday. I got like a ghost birthday. It's like everything was Halloween. So oh I, shit! Speaking of Halloween, that's on a Tuesday this year. Yeah. Do we have a guest? No, I have. Do you scheduled have it figured it out? She, this is why she's the producer, and I just follow the calendar that's given to me. <laughs> she wouldn't put. She wouldn't put a. I'm gonna make in. you guys uh, record on Halloween. Uh, yeah, I don't know that Jeremy could. <laughs> I like mean, we got, probably could because we don't do anything. We could do it on. We could do it on location at Jeremy's house. At my fire I don't think pit. You're, you're not here. I'll be in Texas. Oh, yeah. you're gonna be on a boar hunt, Texas. Yeah, boar hunting that week. How nice. nice. Do you? Nice. Does your uncle celebrate Halloween? Like, yeah, he kills he boars. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, well, yes and no. Where they're at, there's like nobody trick or treats out in the middle. So of, like, you will not be celebrating no Halloween way. this year. Dude, you don't go to fucking strangers' doors in the middle of the country. <laughs> They'll shoot you. His next door, his <laughs> next door right. neighbor's like a mile away. <laughs> 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 they're out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. They're like. 30 minutes from Waco or something, right? Uh, like an hour away from Waco. Yeah, and Waco's the closest place to like Waco's buy groceries. Waco's the closest big city. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, so what about you? Where were you born? So I was born in Utah, but I, but I moved when I was six months old. My dad was in the army. So oh, we, we moved to Kansas and Alaska and Maryland and back to Alaska. And then uh, he retired to Utah. That, uh, I don't, I do not understand the like. There are so many people in the military that retire and come to Utah. Yeah, it's a really. Was well, your fa- but are they? Is your family from Utah originally? Like your parents? My dad. Yeah, my dad is. So yeah, that kind that of makes. Yeah, sense. that's. But we talk to a lot of like army kids that are like, yeah, my my family came back here. Well, yeah, or like, oh yeah, but well, I spent a whole entire time in Maryland and then they retired to Utah. Like we spent five years Very in Germany, and they yeah. decided to retire to Utah. Like. Yeah, yeah. You know, both my brothers are born in Germany, but yeah, very different places. I, Maryland was, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say which one was the best place because they all had pros and cons, right? Right. You know, I mean, Maryland had like a really pretty weather in the autumn. I mean, the fall weather in, in Maryland's hard to beat. You know, you yeah, drive through the rolling hills. A freaking nightmare. Summer yeah. sucks dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Summer yeah. in Maryland is fucking horrible. Yeah, the it's, humidity is bad. Like, it, you think like Texas is bad? Like, it's just. It's awful. It's so sticky and gross and muggy. Yeah, I, the muggy. I was pretty miserable in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. At least Texas, sometimes you get breezes. Well, in the Midwest, but... see, that's why they get tornadoes, is because you got nothing. Mm-hmm. The wind doesn't <laughs> right. move. You for get all days. the cold. You get the yeah. cold air coming off of the Rockies, and, and then you when get it the does, warm, moist air coming out of the Gulf of Mexico. They smash together, and that's why together, yep. Tornado Alley. Yep. But if there's not a tornado, there is not a there is not a breeze yeah. for days. No, it yeah. Sucks. When we went to DC, it was the first time I'd ever stayed that far really on the east coast and i went running the first day and then like <laughs> put my clothes out and i'm like okay well you know i'll, I'll just use these tomorrow and they were still wet yeah. oh like, yeah oh, that that's shit don't no no they don't dry on their own no no, no. <laughs> when you go to texas or back east you have to have a different pair of underwear for each day there's none of the no, no. when i when I'm, i wasn't talking about my underwear <laughs> <laughs> when i when i go out on business to the east coast in the summer or down south in the summer i bring like two to three pairs of underwear a day yeah because because when i get done socks. working when i get done working i change out of all of my clothes including my underwear my undershirt and just put new stuff on because it's you're just gross yeah it's sweaty yeah exactly <laughs> well, sticking to your yeah 
So, uh, so did you go to high school in yeah. Utah then? Uh huh. Yeah. Spanish Fork. Spanish Fork. So it was kind of an interesting, yeah, exactly. When I moved there too, it was, uh, I was class of 98. So nice. we, uh, it was a one horse town when I moved there. Yeah. And I moved there from living in Baltimore. Huh. And even Anchorage was a bigger city yeah, than Spanish you know. Spanish Fork is still not huge, but it's, it's way different now. Since yeah. It's actually pretty good now. It's yeah. a good size now. Yeah. It's, they got a, they got a Walmart and a Sam's Club down there. And Anchorage is, Decent sized. I mean, it's big in Spanish Four. Yeah, yeah. It's it was more like a Provo Orem kind of thing. You know, it's wasn't like Salt Lake size. I think it's Anchorage was a few hundred thousand. Yeah, people it's a couple thing, hundred thousand people. But it was also spread out. You had a lot going around there, and a lot of tourism there because it's right. Alaska. You know, right. Not right. so not so much tourism in Spanish Fork. No, no tourism. Yeah, that's not right. really. <laughs> a lot of a lot of cow tipping going on in the nineties in Spanish Fork, probably. <laughs> or horse riding, who knows what? Yeah. yeah. So did you do any of that? Uh not really. I mean I didn't really So it was meth for you then? That's right, exactly. <laughs> Drug of choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean I just went to music. That's pretty much what I was. I, I was a music head all the way. Always a music nerd. Nice, nice. Yeah. So did you play instruments or just sing? Yeah. Or just... I played keys, I played clarinet, I played almost, I mean, anything I could get get my hands on, but mostly just keys was my main instrument, Uh and then, you know, singing, so between those two, I I was pretty busy, but uh, anything that was like a mallet instrument, percussion instrument, there's a lot of those um, that were pretty easy to pick up, and then, uh, yeah, then I did clarinet in the marching band and stuff like that, it was one of those little, you know, I don't know. Dingleberries with a clarinet. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, marching band itself is like a. It's funny because marching band's a hell of a workout. It is. I know. Like they in the sun. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's sun. They've stuck some. Uh, they've stuck. So you know, like professional athletes all wear a whole bunch of like high tech shit under their uniforms and under their pads and stuff. Like soccer players all basically have sports bras on that have. Yeah. Tons of electrodes that are checking heart rate, you know, respiratory rates, all of that shit. They put those things on marching band performers, like collegiate marching band people. All of them. Yeah, they're they're fucking busting their ass, and they're playing an instrument at the same time. So Jonathan's two friends at Mo with us are both in marching band, and they they want Jonathan to do marching band, and, and he's like. When you actually perform, that's pretty cool, but I want nothing to do with the rehearsals and <laughs> the weird band shit. This one time at band this one camp. time at band camp. <laughs> yes, one time at band camp. I actually never went to band camp. I, I, I somehow missed that window, but yeah, the, there was definitely a lot of weirdness. I mean, the, and then of course, like those uniforms, not a, not exactly comfortable uniforms, you no, know? They're not breathable. It, it feels like you're wearing a Civil Civil War uniform, you know, and, and you're marching well, in that. Back in those days, I mean, what did you do? Like the Footloose stuff? Because you're down in that area? Yeah, let's see, what were those? Ah, I don't even remember. I think they were classical. I, maybe we did a, a journey track or something like yeah. that, you know? Don't stop believing or something. <laughs> that wasn't big yet in the 90s. It was big in the 80s and then yeah. again in like 2010. So there's a gap there in the 90s. I graduated in 99. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no cool stuff though. They weren't marching bands in high school. weren't playing like pop hits at the time. And here I am having a baby in '98. Yeah, you are old. I'm just kidding. Jeremy's older. Yeah, well, he didn't marry younger. That's true. No, he married oh, older too. Yeah, <laughs> like six months. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like band kids are so fucking weird. But I think the reason they're so fucking weird is like we all know the art kids were all weird as shit in school too, right? But they were like weird and reclusive. The band kids were like weird and social. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the difference because they were happy to be extremely social and they all like really meshed together. Well, and, and like the art kids, 
didn't like if they hung out together it was to like smoke pot and like you know there were might be three that hung out but the pan kids like all hung out together right. yeah well then you know I was, that stuff's become so much more popular oh yeah with with I think that kids are just more accepting too like I don't think yeah. that kids these days would be oh, yeah. as much as like you're the weird kid but with with like with with geeks and nerds being popular now yeah with with DC and with all the movies and all the stuff it's cool to be in band now when we were in high school yeah, it's not. Like, really how cool. does DC and Marvel have anything to do with band? Because that shit that was all. Really they, oh, we were weird reading our comics on those band oh, yeah. right? But that doesn't have anything to do with band. Oh, no, no. But those, were, those were the nerds reading. Those were what the nerds exactly. Read back they then. were the same. And now people. it's completely social acceptable to 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 read comic books. I mean, it's cool now. Yeah. But it was not back then. No. Yeah, no. I mean, we were de- definitely passing around X Men comics. Right. Yeah, that was that was the thing. It was X Men, Superman. Uh, I mean, there was a. Uh, yeah, DC and Marvel all the way. When we, we were, brought our magic cards and our fucking Dungeons and Dragons books to to high school lunchroom, like see, Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons and Riffs, I played Riffs in yeah. high school. That, that was yeah. not acceptable in the, Josh and I played the upper socials. Anyway, that's all changed. Yeah, that's all different now. So you grew up. You, <laughs> so what did you do after high school? Uh, so I, I went to I moved to California to pursue a music career. You know, I, I lived out of my car for three and a half years, basically like couch surfing. So I went from, went from a couch to couch to floor of air mattresses, you know, all trying to make it in the business. And I was signed to Sony at the time in a rock band and we were just under, under one of those development deals. So we were trying to get, you know, our single out. We were working with all these different producers. We had, um, ZZ Top's producer. We had No Doubt's producer. We had Chili Peppers producer. These were all like, uh, I mean, cause it was Sony. They were connecting us with right. these people. And every time we, we put together the song, I wasn't the singer in this one. I was the keyboardist and the writer and the you know, backup vocalist, but, um, none of the tracks connected. So they, they just passed on us after about three years. And then yeah. I'm moving so on to the next that, thing. How does that work when you sign on like that? Are you getting paid for anything? No, no. Or that's why I was living out of my car. Or it's <laughs> if something actually happens, we'll take 90% and give you 10. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's what it is. Yeah. That's it, how the record companies yeah. fucked everyone in the nineties. Right. Like, oh yeah. They're not like re- record companies are a little bit better now because it's so easy to independently publish. Mm-hmm. But well, like I've, I've seen I've, they they have those interviews and I don't I don't remember what show it's on, but but it's the singer. So I, I saw the one on the B fifty twos, and I, I can't think of the lead singer for the B fifty twos. But anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, he was saying that that they got screwed over so bad that through all of their fame in the late 80s, early 90s, Rock Lobster was the only song that they made that they made any money off of at the time. Really? It's, it's still the most recognizable. But all of that other stuff, they, they like got hosed and like really made no money off of it. The, yeah, they, they fucked the everyone. So, got it. Uh, Joel Pack. Um, so Broke City is a, a group locally, um, a bunch of dudes that we know. Uh, yeah, and, I know Joel. Yeah, Joel's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And they signed with Warner. I mean, this was forever ago. It was like 15, 20 years ago. They signed a contract with Warner Music and like Warner gave them a band, like a van and like all this other shit uh, and owns the rights to their music. And so I remember when the time came and they could no longer play their own fucking music unless the venue had, you know, like the music right. rights contract with BMG or whatever. <laughs> fucking BMI. Yeah, yeah, BMI. BMI mm-hmm. that's and I really like that. That album, that yeah, and so like, I probably played that. But as an artist, to like have give up your rights to your music, and you don't fucking yeah. know when you're yeah. like no. eighteen years old, and oh, a record yeah. label's like, "Hey, we're gonna fucking sign you and give you some money." You don't. Well, now realize. he's like giving back like, by like helping other artists. It's like so. that. The yeah, Joel Peck's in a lot. Yeah, the real big fish song from the late nineties. Uh-huh. Uh, sell out. You remember that one? Yeah, oh, yeah. If you listen to the lyrics, sell oh, out yeah. with me tonight. Sell out. 
I'm, the record label's going to give me lots of money and everything's going to be okay. That's right. The whole song is about how you yeah. become big, but then they just well, and take I, everything. Exactly. I think that's why like Taylor Swift is so beloved by a lot of people is because I think people see what she did and is doing like, oh, fuck you, record label. I'm going to remake all my songs now, remaster them, and my fans love me so much, they're going to give me the money and tell you to go fuck off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Snoop Dogg and those guys have done with Dr. Dre and... Yeah, I mean, but they created their own record label well, well, after a That's while. my point. They yeah. created their own label right. and said to the big labels, forget it, we're just going to do our own thing. Yeah. Well, that was after getting fucked over a little bit, too, so... Their their initial mm. thing was not their own label. They got fucked over by a bigger label. I mean, it, that was a whole thing with like was Ice T back at the time or yeah. Ice Cube. I feel like every um, musician probably does. And, and Doctor and what's the one they own their ways? Death Row. What's that? There, yeah, Death Row. Yeah. Death Row that Doctor Dre owns and Snoop's part of and all that. Yeah, I mean that's just how record labels have been since the beginning. Yeah, I think it's a little better now because I think with the ad, I mean technology is so much better today. You can self-publish so easily, right. and mm-hmm. and even people I know that like well, we talked to Nick and Aria yeah. about it um, like a couple months ago. Like they're taking the time to spend good money to go publish them, just because they know the value of like a really good recording studio and a really good right. producer. But they're doing it themselves because well, like, they don't want to get folk call gun if, for the folk call gun local guys. Uh-huh. They do our intro and outro music. Oh yeah, they're awesome guys. But they've done all of their stuff independently. And I yeah. mean, they toured Europe last year, Germany. They are all over. So, but they do it all independently. So much easier to make money that way. I mean, what once I left Sony, and I thought like, oh, I mean, I guess I'm done. That was my one shot. I realized I started to kind of think through like what all had happened, and I realized I could actually just do it myself. I don't know why I really was relying on a label. And then I went on tour myself, released my own albums, and ever since that point, I've made a good living on my music. Right. And that's the thing is. You know, it, it was such a, a strange paradigm shift turnaround going from, yeah, like I'm, I'm struggling. I'm just waiting for the big break. Once we, once we, you know, I can pay rent as soon as we have a hit song, basically is what I was thinking. Couldn't even like pay rent until we had a number one hit, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is a little weird, a little backwards. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's a lot easier now too to like, you know, do small shows and, and do a little bit of touring and make, you know, maybe a hundred bucks a night, but at least it's a hundred bucks that you didn't have otherwise, you know, and you're getting to, do what you love and making that money. Right. So you've produced a few albums then now at this point? Yeah. So, so the first album I did was called Big Bang Theory and that was a jazz, uh, swing album. And, uh, I, t- I toured with that for years. Um, I, I won some songwriting contests and I, I took it to schools. And actually what I ended up doing was I released a second album with it and we did this school tour called the Live for Music Tour where we would, have the choirs and the bands uh, perform my songs with me, and then we do it as a fundraiser and give the tickets money right back to their music oh, program. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So it, it worked out. We had, on average, about 800 people show up on uh, to my shows to or all of my original music. So oh, that's really cool. No opening act, you know, nothing like that. It was just, you know, people who had never heard of me before showed up because it was a fundraiser, right. and they wanted to see their, the choirs and the bands. They want to see their kids play and their friends. and Yeah, and the end result was I had... You know, every show had at least a couple hundred kids that had been learning my songs for months. So it was, they internalized the songs and, and, uh, I ended up getting a, like a, a pretty good success with one of those tracks. 
It took me all the way to Indianapolis Colts Stadium, where I performed that song for forty thousand marching band kids. Wow! As the awesome. you know the theme song with you know two thousand of them performing it with me. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So that we must circled. Have sounded all the way. really cool. Yeah. What a was, what a is wild. What a fun niche like to to find yourself as a as a musician and an artist to be in a spot where I you're prefer niche. Whatever. <laughs> I say niche too. Yeah. I'm niche. not. I'm not good at speaking things. I've been on a podcast for seven and a half years. You should know that by now. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really cool spot to find yourself in as an artist to be right. able to find something that allows you to make a living and and really have your expression and your your work just touch so many different people. Right. So were you in California at this time? I mean, where were you? That was I was traveling. Floating. I think I was in California. I was kind of back and forth between Park City and California. Um. That, at that time, I'm pretty sure it was California, though. Sa- Santa Monica and then Huntington Beach kind of floated between those two. Mm-hmm. And you were you were on American Idol, I remember reading in your bio. Right. Like, wh- when did this happen? At what point? Because that show was on for like 600 years. I know. I was on season seven. seven. So the first wave, <laughs> same year as David Archuleta, who everybody oh. here in Utah knows. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, competing against me. We... um we had a, I mean, that, that was, yeah, 2007. So that's it was a long time a ago. a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. And so that was probably, um, I was living in California that time too. Yep. So like, how was that? I mean, what was that experience like for you? Oh, it, you- was, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, validating because up until that point, I'd only always considered myself a songwriter, not a singer. You know, I was like, I sing just for the demos. But, uh, I mean, I was always just kind of the backup singer and the songwriter. And then, uh, when I got validation from Simon, Paula, and Randy, the original three, I'm like, oh, I guess I should probably start singing too, you know? That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. cool. And like, I don't know, cause you, you didn't make it super far, right? I mean, you made it further than the yeah. millions of people that probably auditioned for the show. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I got top 30. So did, did you a, get a record contract out of that top? <laughs> do not no. And those actually, contracts suck ass. No, by I, the way. no. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't. It, it was a good thing, you know, yeah. that because I didn't have um, that contract weighing me down. I was able to go right on tour. I was only under contract. Um, I couldn't do anything for the for six months after I was cut. So yeah, basically, while the show was still yeah going, so you can you know go tell everybody what happened, yeah. right? Which makes sense. I mean, that's, that's normal for something like that. But I remember like, uh, who was it? Chris Daughtry? Was that the guy's name? Yeah. And yeah, he, he yeah. turned down the contract because he wanted to go back to his band. And yeah. They've actually produced a couple albums. I actually really like them. He turned down a fucking job with live. Hmm. Like live off after his. So he oh, did yeah. a performance of, of one of live songs from the, I don't remember which one, but from the Throwing Copper album mm-hmm. and live actually offered him to come take did over. Did he lightning his, crashes? Yeah, that might have been. I it. think that's the. Way it's, they asked him to take over live, really. Yeah, to as the lead, lead singer of live, because something with their lead singer, I don't know. Oh, and wow. he turned it down because he wanted to keep. Because at the time he was already in a band, and he wanted to to stay oh. with his band. So he's probably regretting that now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They they put out a couple albums that did pretty well. They toured so. some. Yeah, yeah but, but I they're mean, not live. But I mean, I, I you can think. Of, can you think of one Daughtry song? I can think of yeah. many live songs. I, can I think, actually can't. Think okay, of one. yeah, but you grew up in the. 90s like yeah i know how old you are because i'm the same yeah, age yeah, yeah and i listened to a lot of fucking live in high school uh post high school they haven't done shit right like, they haven't really done anything in 23 yeah. years like, i will say a... going to the live concert was 
probably the worst concert I've ever been to. They really? Were, they were horrible. They're not good. They were bad. They were just horrible live. Yeah. They were horrible live. Live was horrible live. They just weren't good. And I went when they were like super hot. Like first out, so this probably would have been yeah. about ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. Huh. I, I struggle with live music because there's two types of shows that are really good, and then a whole bunch that aren't. Oh yeah. So there's shows where the musicians, when they're live, are just fucking unbelievably good to listen to. Coldplay is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Their stage show sucks dick they just fucking stand there and there's cameras on them and that's fucking it they don't move they don't interact mm-hmm. but holy shit is their sound amazing like it sounds better than their albums hmm. and then you have the opposite side of the spectrum train. which is people that just put on the best fucking stage show train is their shows are amazing he is so bad you're like i can't is this even train it sounds so not like him because he's so huh produced yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah and and in in the, so live it's like this is no no but i'm talking about great stage shows so i'm talking like on the level of like guar <laughs> you know the who the who is one of the best fucking stage shows you'll see that the, the H- u2 is like pretty known for yeah, that too. h-u not w-h-o not, by the not way the who who? Yeah, no, they're the Who. I mean, not all, Who, but like the Who. H-U, <laughs> the Mongolian way. death metal yeah, band. You two, I went to <laughs> you two's ninety one, ninety two ish when they were here and yeah. saw that. God, those guys there. are getting fucking old too. I Everybody thought, is, man. Everybody I thought is. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus show was really good, and I like them as a band. I know that they're not as big as what you're talking, but I no, they're, that their they shows awesome. are pretty good. Who's Dave the, Matthews had a good one live. That, I mean, that that was like I said, not not the best show. But those, all the musicians were incredible. Well, and that was like in the nineties there when, when Matthews was really big and you had, that was also like the age of like fish and, yeah. and, uh, roots. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the, the fucking hippies that toured those damn festivals, <laughs> those guys, they had, they were like grateful dead style fans that would mm. just fucking travel all summer to see these well, people. That's back play. when they would do those shows. They don't really do those anymore. Like the big ass show and things like that that they used oh, to yeah. do. Oh yeah. yeah. That, that, that thing, that's kind of a thing of the past. No, no, dude. Lollapalooza still exists. It's still a humongous show every year. Hmm. All right. So, so you're, just, you're what, just old now. Well, I know. What brings you yeah, let's back say, to Utah yeah. permanently? <laughs> I mean, grandpa. <laughs> tech, you are grandpa. I mean, I, I came back to Utah when I got married and had kids, and I wanted you know my my parents are still here and my family, so I wanted my kids to get to know their cousins and their grandparents sure. and stuff. And I work from home anyway. I mean, I'm touring and writing, and that can happen anywhere. And so uh, I figured also, I mean, I I, I like the music scene. Uh, the, the, the parts that I use here, the rec- the recording studios and things like that, the LA studios, I was kind of getting tired of. Uh, I didn't really love how political they were or how crowded they were. It was always so hard to get in. So here I'll go to June Audio and I can usually get it booked the, the same month. Whereas like Westlake or one of the big uh, studios in LA, it's months out, you know, always months out. And if you have a project that needs to be done, you know, sooner, that's a, you know, earlier deadline. You know, you, you can't do anything about that's it. That's because those big studios in L.A., like, people come from all over to go record there. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't understand Just that. because they, well, ignorance. Because, I mean, they, yeah. they don't know how the recording even works. So if you understand the production, how how it all works, you don't need that. Just, you you just need someone to to understand how to, how to place mics. And then you, I mean, as long as you know how to use all the gear and how to record yourself, you can do that anywhere. Exactly, exactly. So what did you and your wife meet? We we met here in Utah just uh, as I was on tour, kind of in passing, and just I I um decided to stay stick around for a few months, 
And I jumped on some random parody music video. <laughs> it was like, I'd never done a parody music video. I'm like, this sounds like a social fun thing to do. And I'm single. Why not? And, uh, some guy talked me into singing, can't stop the feeling as the Mad Hatter. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it with a lisp and everything. Like, you can't stop the feeling. That's, that's <laughs> it's just like, just because I'm like, what, you know, whatever. And, uh, I happened to meet, uh, one of my two, two of my closest friends in that shoot and my wife. All the same shoot. Like one of That's them, so cool. designer daddy. He's been one of my close friends since then. He's a, a designer for dresses and things like that and costumes. And so when anytime my, so he's dressed my wife up many times. And then, uh, my, uh, my partner in a uh, Spidey Beats and a, and, a, and a few other little shows that we've done together, Billy Mann, comedian, uh, hilarious. He's in LA now, but he ends up, he ended up being on my audiobook for this uh, book that I released. And, um, anyway, we, we all met on the same little parody shoot where we just goofed off and filmed it, you know, and it got like, I mean, I think it, it, it probably did well enough to like, probably like 400,000 views or something like that. Nothing too crazy, but it was just a fun time, you know? <laughs> Why does that name sound familiar? Billy man. He, he oh, was, he used to live here for a little while. He did a. All the purple commercials for a little while. Okay, maybe that's why. I don't know. The name sounds really familiar to me for some reason. So how? So that's cool. I'm glad your wife wasn't a groupie, um, <laughs> like a marching band groupie. Marching band. <laughs> so she's from Utah, she, Arizona. Oh, she's from Arizona. She's Japanese. She was born in Japan, and then she grew up in Arizona. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so how did you get? How did you go from music to writing a book? Yeah, that's the question. I mean, because that's a big, I mean, that's a big leap from like yeah. traveling around and writing songs. And I mean, the way I wrote songs was always kind of telling a story. So I was telling stories in music already and I'd always written, you know, little short stories and, and, and poems and things on the side. I just never published anything. I just kind of scrapped them, turned them into song lyrics or whatever else. And, um, and an idea hit me that was a, a scenario that I, I realized this can't just be a song. This has to be, you know, fleshed out into maybe a comic book series, a manga. You know, I was l- looking at graphic novels first. I don't know, man. You've clearly never listened to Arlo Guthrie if you don't think a long story can be a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I guess you could technically just make no. it. <laughs> just no. <laughs> Re hates it when I play Alice's Restaurant. It's oh. such a good song. It just goes on forever. <laughs> It's like 19 minutes long. Oh, no. Wow. It really is. Have you just not like, ever s- listened to that? Not song? that song. No. Oh, I'll, I'll cue it up. No. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more about how you transitioned into a book. I'm going to find the song for everyone. <laughs> so, uh, so the, this idea hit me as I was flying back from Louisiana. We, um, I was, I was scoring this film, animated film that I don't think ever even made it. It was just one of those independent animated films that was still trying to get its, its final funding, but, I was out there in Louisiana scoring it, so the creative juices were already flowing. And then I got on an airplane, and I was just bored for a few hours. And during that time, this idea hit me, and I just decided to whip out my laptop and just type away. And I wrote out 20 pages of just some idea. And when I landed, I, I did some research to see if anybody had ever written anything like this. And I had, I still, to this day, have not found anybody uh, who has done it. So it's an original idea, and I realized that's that's a rare thing to come up with an original yeah, story days. premise, <laughs> you know. So um, fusing music and, and literature in this way had never really been done, and and so I, I started. I first tried to uh, hire an author. I was like, I, well, I don't know anything anything about writing a book. Maybe I'll hire an author or an artist, and we'll create it as either a graphic novel or a novel. And as I went down both of those avenues, they both 
ended up being dead ends. You know, the, the authors that I looked at, they, they didn't quite understand what I was trying to do. And the graphic, you know, the, the artist, he wasn't quite getting the, you know, the, the flow of it down. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to learn how to do this myself. So I took courses from Neil Gaiman. Uh, I started going through the master courses, reading a bunch of books. I took a course from Brandon Sanderson and uh, all these different authors. I just started to, you know, uh, dive into all the books. And as I did that, it took me, you know, I started to write this, this process down and, uh, I ended up writing the book 15 times. So 15 drafts of 450 pages, uh, over the course of four and a half years. I was determined to get it, you know, right. And it, it went, you know, from from draft one to draft 15 are very different. You know, they're like completely different books. Uh, the only thing that stayed the same was the original, you know, setting that I, I had, you know, created in the first place. But then it turned out into something, you know, entirely different. The main character is based on my wife. She's kind of a fun personality type. So I thought that'd be, you know, fitting for this book. And I ended up just putting a lot of my, my character friends, you know, in the book. I've, through the years of traveling and everything, I've, I've had these really, uh, eccentric and, you know, big personality types, you know, that seemed like they would fit, you know, a movie series or something like that. So I, I put them in my book. So what, so what's the book about? It's a, so, so the premise is, it's based on the science of sound. You can basically uh, power these wetsuits with your voice. And it's using the science of sonoluminescence, which is a real science, uh, nuclear fusion. The story is the main character is born and raised on paradise, like a utopian society. And she's kidnapped and brought to Earth, which is dilapidated, flooded, uh, corrupt, and, you know, not necessarily like dystopian. It's kind of more like how I'd actually predict the future in, in this way. You know, it's not necessarily like, ex- you know, extreme. So I was trying not to go like Hunger Games route or anything like that. <laughs> it was more like Ender's Game. You know, Ender's Game is futuristic, but it's also still like, you know, it's got its issues. That's kind of the same as this. She, she comes to Earth and realizes how, how problematic it is. She gets bullied. She has all these, you know, conflicts. She loses her voice, which is, you know, as a siren, that's a big deal because that's how you power everything. So she can't, uh, find, you know, get her way back home until she gets her voice back. And anyway, so she, she comes to Earth, loses her voice and has to find her way back home. That's kind of the premise. So it's like a Wizard of Oz kind of journeys home, hero's journey story. Um, and yeah, just, it, it integrates sound through science so that it's naturally integrated. So they're not just kind of bursting into song randomly, you know? <laughs> oh, that's cool. So it's not like just a musical episode or a random sitcom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I it, hate that so much. <laughs> Every yeah. damn show now for like the last, I don't know, five to ten years, every show has a stupid musical episode now. Yeah. Even shows I'm like, oh, there's no way. Like Law I think and Walking Order. Dead did, too. Yeah, Law and Order's got like a no musical way. episode. I feel oh, like I they did. So. Walking Dead had a musical episode. Oh, look it up that, now. That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get back to your book, but now you got to hear this song because Brie hates it. It's <laughs> the best song. I hate it. It's, so it's just so long. It's Arlo Guthrie. Oh, it's so good. I got to skip forward a little bit, though. Yeah, it's, it's 18 minutes. It's put it in the back of a red VW microbus, <laughs> took shovels and rakes and implements of destruction, and headed on toward the city dump. <laughs> okay. Now we got there, and there's a big sign and a chain across the dump saying closed on Thanksgiving, and we had never heard of a dump closed on Thanksgiving. Is this live? Tears in our eyes. Uh, we drove I, off into the sun. There's so many recordings of this this song, um, and he does a bunch of different versions. Some of them are really long. Huh. This one's 18 and a half minutes long. 
That's crazy. Road was another 15 foot cliff, and at the bottom of the cliff was another pile of garbage. And we decided that one big pile is better than two little piles. And rather than bring that one up, we decided to throw our. <laughs> it's such a good song. I love it. That's so funny. Much. He wrote some other songs too. I mean, he did like uh, the pickle song or the motorcycle song. Um, I don't want to ride a motorcycle. I just want to pickle. Or I don't want to pickle. I just want to ride a motorcycle. Just want to ride on my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Bree hates it so much. Sorry. I have to share these things. So I guess some it was that they came up with a musical episode, but they couldn't figure out how to get it recorded. Yeah, because it's uh, the dumbest ass idea ever. Yeah, that would be so weird. I really hate, I really, really hate they do the musical episodes for like every show, like, you know. And I really feel like, uh, was it Fox that did, uh, what's the acapella show that they did for a while? Glee? Glee. Yeah. That seemed to make everyone love acapella all of a sudden. But yeah, no- right. nothing beats Pitch Perfect. That movie's hilarious. That is pretty, yeah, exactly. That it's is a so funny good. movie. <laughs> and then the second one, I think is an instance where the sequel might actually be better. Because they knew that. Because they, they, they were like, fun of they were like, okay, so it, the first one worked. We can go a little bit harder on the yeah. second one, and it's really, nice when they can do that, yeah. And it's the pairing of the the two announcer people. Oh yeah, yeah. The, oh my god, those two are just yeah. great. And all their shit was ad lib too. Yeah, that's, so that's they didn't oh have no a way, they just that makes had, sense. They were just given like an idea, and then they they I just, can see that that makes sense. That, that does. What's her name? Because she does a bunch. Elizabeth of stuff. Banks. Yeah, Banks. Yeah. That's her yeah. name. Yeah, that's who it is. I don't know actors and actresses. So, so does your book? have... Have, so your book have like a soundtrack that goes with yeah. it that you're supposed to listen to while you read? Like how does Oh, uh, it- no, not necessarily. Like there's songs. So there's nine songs and, and in the book it'll show lyrics. So you can, you know, listen to the song and read the lyrics. Uh, there's no like instrumental score because I, I can't pace readers. In the audiobook there is. So the audiobook, I did do a, a full cast, 25 actors. Oh, wow. And then I, did, I created the sound design and the musical that's a, score. That's a damn awesome audiobook holy <laughs> shit yeah it, it's like listening to a movie that's the idea i wanted it to sound like a movie i mean i want to make this thing into a movie but i don't have a hundred million dollars yet so in the meantime you know i create a really you know killer audiobook <laughs> that's, that's cool a, that's actually a really cool idea because i've listened to plenty of audiobooks where they have really good voice actors do the book and they do a lot of voices well, that goes back to like the old HG Wells, the, the radio shows. Yeah. Where you have exactly. multiple actors and a soundtrack and they're doing it live. Right. And so, I mean, that's the way it was. And then, uh, yeah, that was actually, I mean, I love that what they did. And that's, that is a really fun texture. When I was creating it too, I, I just kind of, it was a, it was a total outlet for me. I mean, all of my creativity was being used here from the writing to the music to sound design, like just coming up with an idea for, you know, how I, how I want the explosion to sound or how I want the way they, they sound when they're, when they're propelling underwater. Um, there's, there's those kind of things that were fun to just create those textures and the, and, and create this immersiveness to the audiobook. And then of course, like the dialogue, getting the dialogue to line up right so that right. it sounds like they're together, you know, because yeah. they recorded them all separately. That's an interesting, um, interesting concept because i'm thinking back to like books that i've read that have songs in them that are clearly like lyrics and you make up your own music when <laughs> you're your reading head. yeah like, if you're reading that yeah. book like people that read books like that you do make up your own music and i right be a different experience to hear it would probably fuck me up to hear like the song afterwards like that's not what that well, i know like, <laughs> yeah like. i know that's right. I know a lot of books that i'll read you make up the voices in your head. I mean, yeah, you just oh, do. absolutely so each, and, yeah. and so that's why sometimes when you see the movie you hate it so bad because 
That's not the so choices the tr- you have. The trick know, is you yeah. watch Harry Potter like a million times <laughs> before you ever book. read the books. And then <laughs> when you read the books, you can hear the voices of the actors. That's in right. Your head. The yeah. only book that I've ever read where I think the movie is just as good as The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Not Old Yeller? Not I mean, Old Yeller. <laughs> I mean, Lord of the Rings is pretty hard to beat, though, too. Yeah, because those books suck to read. I can't read those books. They're they're long. They're they're long and slow. Yeah, because yeah, that's it's Tolkien. too. Yeah. It's too much. I read The Hobbit, and that was as far as I could. That's go. also J.R.R. Martin. <laughs> his books are long oh. and fucking wordy too. Yeah, yeah, and and actually his are just super depressing too. That's yeah, the difference. Like at least with Lord of the Rings, there's like it's kind of a fun. An interesting world you're immersing yourself in, into. So if you can get into the zone and read those books, then it's good. But it is it is it's a long hard read. to no. get into the zone no, with those can't. books. They're it's, tough. No. The Hobbit was good, and Hobbit's I think the Hobbit one. was that's a was, quick one. Yeah, it was a better read. I, was, I, think. I could read. I read the Hobbit, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I, the, I think that's the only book I've never finished. Yeah, because I was like, the I Lord am the not Rings reading are, this anymore. They're they're rough. They're they're long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The guy created his own fucking languages for them, so like, yeah, he went deep into that world building. I mean, that's that's as deep as you get for world building, but that's why it's so easy to build the the yeah. movies because so, it was like I've read like Brian Lumley and he creates this vampire world that's incredible. Huh? Like it it's it's incredible. It doesn't. It's not one of those things where as you're reading and something happens, you're like. Oh, Clearly, like she's just trying to tie this in, or he's just trying to tie this yeah, in. Totally. It's not anything like that. It's huh. it's very. What's the name of the series? <sighs> I don't. It's over there somewhere. But Brian it's Lumley. Brian Lumley. I have to look that one up. I don't think I know that one. And I absolutely love the world that he created. Really, it's very. I don't know. He he's just, he's just done an amazing job with it. Huh. But I don't think, and I don't think he gets. Uh, I don't think he gets what he should have gotten from. Yeah, I've never the even world heard he of created. So have you have you uh, started writing a sequel? Yeah, yeah, the second book. Yeah, good. That's and good and some spinoffs as well. There's going to be um, a, a crime mystery kind of not. Just, I don't know if it's just going to be a one off or a series, but I am writing one that's a, a backstory of one of the characters. And uh, there's a couple backstories for characters and things that I'm writing at the same time, partly because it also helps me give depth to book two and the other books, because then I have, you know, more to go on. It's mm-hmm. not just kind of like in my head. It's a little more fleshed out. But yeah, I've been pretty busy writing quite a few um, follow-ups to this. So book two, I'm probably about a third of the way through on a, on a draft. And then these backstories, one of them has got a full draft done. Uh, that's the murder mystery one. Um, called the Asterian Dead, and then I've got uh, a kind of a love story between the two two of the main characters. I just kind of show that showcase that a little bit more, and then one of the backstories of a main character, um, well, which will probably just be a novella. So uh, yeah, a lot That's of cool. when lot of fun the, things to write. When did the first book actually come out initially? So the book came out in December, and the audiobook came out in June. Oh, so the audiobook just came just out came a out. few yeah. months nice. ago. Nice. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of the main, and that is the main piece. I prefer people listen to it and maybe even read along, what, but yeah. What about people like me that listen to stuff at like one and a half times speed? Is it going to be as good with the, the music? It won't. Yeah. See, I already <laughs> sped it up. That's the thing. I already sped the whole thing up when I, when I uh, edited the dialogue. I cut it down from 15 hours to 13. <laughs> and so I, I shaved off it, 20% is what I knocked off. So I sped the whole thing up 20%. So if you listen to it at 1.2, then it won't mess with the music too much. If you do 
the music might start to sound a little squirrely. I listen to a lot of stuff at one point. They're so the audiobooks are so fucking slow. Like they're just yeah, I know. That's why the, I the can't. pacing is really slow. So I usually speed them up. One of my favorite ways to do audiobooks, and this we're getting like fucking super nerdy here, is to have the audiobook and then to have the Kindle version. Um, and if you're using Audible for the audiobook and you right. have the Kindle version, it'll fucking run along the book with you. And so either on your Kindle or no on way. your phone or tablet, like as you're listening to it, it'll just just Wait, go through. How, how do you connect that? It, it just oh, you just so, have you you have Audible on whatever device you're also reading it. So uh, you either have it on your phone or like I do it on my tablet, or if you yeah, have like a like yeah. a Kindle Fire or whatever, you can play the audio. And it will run through the book. And it'll actually, huh. like, you can have it highlight as you go. So it That's shows cool. you where it's at. I didn't know that. At that point, why don't you just read it? Um, because I'm a slow fucking reader, like a really slow reader. <laughs> Especially that when would I, absolutely drive me batshit crazy. In the, like, reading versus <laughs> comprehension scale, my comprehension's off the chart, but my reading speed is really fucking low. Because that's because I, that's why your comprehension is off the chart. over and over and over again. But I also read shit like Neil deGrasse Tyson books on astrophysics for fun. So. Oh, yeah. That'd be a slow read for me. He's yeah. cool, though. His stuff's interesting. I think Brandy just finished reading... One of his books. You guys should find out if it was the same book. Yeah. Well, and I've been, like, I read a bunch of business books and. I like business books and I like history books. Like, mm-hmm. I'm reading one on George Washington. I like the, um, David McCullough. Been reading some of his stuff. His Teddy Roosevelt one, just, that's what I was starting to read. But I can't now. listen to that stuff. Like, if I'm audiobooking that stuff, I can't do it at regular speed because it's like, yeah. And then on the 15th day of. Oh, blah, I know. Blah, I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> dude, I'm not trying to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have a podcast for that. Bree plays it on her phone <laughs> when we go to bed. I can't sleep. <laughs> and this dude just literally he reads, reads from Wikipedia. Wikipedia sites. No, I'd be curious what you think about my audiobook because I sped it up. It's, it's meant to be the same pacing as a TV show or movie. Oh, I'm, so I'm it's gonna... supposed to be. It's fast paced. Well, and it's, I mean, it sounds like that is the desired way to really experience the story. So I'm I'm excited to to pick it up and and try it. It'll be fun, (laughs) fun reading versus the last few things that I've been reading. (laughs) I only read books. I don't listen to them. I I try. I try. Unless I'm in the car with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing is that there's not really that many audiobooks like this. And so most people, when they say audiobooks, they think slow, yeah. uh, old guy, kind of deep voice. Audiobook. I don't have think a, big... a lot of people realize that they can speed them up either. Right. Yeah. When you have a big cast and you have music, like that's a really different kind of audiobook experience. I'm excited to, to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, what, uh, so, um, where do people find it? Is it on all those same oh, yeah. platforms? Same Audible, Audible, Spotify is what I where I prefer because I we get paid more. Yeah, Audible pays twenty five percent. I'm sure you guys know the the, the drill with that. Like mm-hmm. they charge more, they pay less. Spotify is actually cheaper for everybody to buy it on, and I get paid more for it. So that's oh, no. definitely better. Well, I get credits on Audible because I that's exactly yeah. That's, that's why people go there. I think exactly. But I'll happily get it on Spotify. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, either Maybe way. you don't need to follow along since there's music with it. Yeah, no, I won't be following yeah, along. So you can get it on Spotify. I'll just be rocking it in my ears while I work, probably. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. I do a lot of that, actually. I find books like st- books that are stories uh, and, and things books like that. Books that are stories? Well, okay. So, but there's there's fiction and nonfiction, right? I can't listen to anything that I, I need to pay attention to at a level where I want to understand. But if it's mm-hmm. like... If it's a story that's being told and, and like, 
you, you can, can get the gist. Well, yeah. I mean, and you can enjoy that. Like I have TV on all day when yeah. I work. And if, oh, yeah. if, if I'm not here, I have something playing in my ears in my office at, at the, at the, at the building where my office if is. If I need sound, I listen to murder porn. Yeah, she does listen to it. Oh, you're one of those that's like that's like happily doing the dishes while they're talking about somebody getting raped. <laughs> yeah, she's listening to or like cult. fucking. I'm listening to cults. Right cult now. and serial killer shit as she works, and I get home and I'm like, I don't get that one. That's like, look, that sounds so dark to me. I know she's that's not. Awesome. I know she's definitely not going to join a cult, but if she wants to murder me, she's going to be able to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like I. She's like I, I can recognize a cult like no one's. You know, but just do, use a needle in the ear. <laughs> She's like, I'll see a cult coming from a mile away, and when I murder them, no one will know. <laughs> She's like, I know, look. I'll tell you. Look, if you want to be a serial killer, you want to know the number one way to get away with it. Don't ever fucking write a manifesto, you dipshits. <laughs> like, how many of them have been caught because they just like. I got to tell everyone right. my thoughts. Oh, like, yeah, seriously. Why I think the way I think. Well, they don't. that's because they don't want to get away with it. That's the whole point. Yeah. I think they're writing that because they're like, they're, it's, it's some kind of like statement they're trying to make. You well, know? It's like the, the BTK killer, um, the blind torture kill. Yeah. Is that oh, blind, blind, blind torture kill? He'd guy. have gotten away with it if he wouldn't have. Fuck, he did get away with it. If it weren't for those pesky kids. That's, that <laughs> son of a bitch kids. stopped killing for like 20 years, became an old fuck like church deacon and shit. Cub and, scout leader. Like, <laughs> of course. It living is. a normal life, no yeah. one had any fucking idea. Oh man, that's, that's a, such a wild. Can you imagine just being that guy's neighbor? It's like this is this is just a Bobby down the street. We go trick or treating all the every oh, yeah. year. We have him over for dinner every Sunday in the yeah. house down the street from us, but it it was on Andrea's street. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Um, when you were kids? Like I think it was like three houses the down guy from Andrea. Threw his wife out the window. Yeah. And all kinds wow. of crazy stuff. And... See, that's where I, I don't I don't get like listening to you know a true crime or what was it like a. I can't remember the names of the different podcasts, but they, they're interesting to me, but I'm definitely not like happily going about my day as I'm listening to about this, this crazy injustice of like ab- abusing children. Oh, and I could totally, this and- I could totally fall asleep to it, but then I'm like really mad <laughs> it's because I missed it and, and I have to go back. Some of them are really cool. So like the, the, the guy that did the, the big Susan Powell one, we had him on the show. Oh, yeah, Dave Cowley. Yeah. And it was amazing so, and well, awesome. Because he's an investigative but that's, journalist. But that's different. Oh. That's because he spent months because fucking he, He's an investigative detail. journalist. Yeah. He didn't just, he's not just reading other people's research and then yeah. spitting so, it out to you. What I'm saying for me, super cool, super interesting, but yeah, I, I couldn't just listen. Yeah, I like oh, it. I love that. Like, oh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm pulling data down for this fucking thing that I'm doing and in my ears. She stabbed him repeatedly. January 15th, 1972, he shows up at a college campus wearing a hoodie and picks his next target <laughs> yep that's that's pretty much it the cult ones is more like they the, the at least the one that i listen to there's usually two episodes there's an episode where it talks about like their childhood or yeah their childhood and stuff and then the next one is like about the cult so how did you get into a cult sean i mean is that <laughs> oh wait say, be careful how you say that because it sounded like you said a cult instead of how did you get into a cult <laughs> oh yeah, well they're very different. A cult and cult. Yeah. What? What are you? Did you get a new case? Yeah. No, no. Oh. That's the same. It looks different. <laughs> so, uh, where can people find you if they want you to, you know, write a song for them? <laughs> are you still doing that? Sort no, of thing? I don't. No, no, not really. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that was. 
I mean, if it's like a a big movie, sure. But if it's something else, not really. I mean, I'm always open to the idea, but um, for the most part, I'm just writing for my own stuff right now. Are you are you still doing any of the production work with like schools and stuff like that at all? Uh, I mean, I'll I'll do speaking at them. I'll go I'll go and speak at an assembly and just kind of um, uh, tell my story. Uh, you know, relate that in, in a try to inspire them to to be more with their lives kind of thing. Um, I, I'll do that. But as far as like production any or anything like that, no, not really. I'll I'll just uh, sing a song for them in the assembly, and that's pretty much as far as that goes. Working with their choirs and things, that was a fun experience, but it's, uh, it's something that, that was a whole different, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a full-time thing. If you wanted to do that full-time, great. And I think it was actually a really good idea for any musician that wanted to really, you know, get a following because it did work really well. I, I yeah, had that's crazy. dozens of schools, uh, in, in a, you know, every year. So it was like thousands of kids learning my songs all the time. And so then you're a name that they remember because those are formidable years where you remember oh, yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. So there, there might be something to doing something along those lines again. Just, just to, if, if I wanted to figure out a new way to get my song out to more people, maybe there's a way to, you know, send out teams to do that in, in my place. I don't think I would do it personally myself, but maybe coordinate it. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so how do people get a hold of you? How do, like your website, all that stuff? So the website's paradiseplanets.com. And there is contact info on there for anybody who wants to reach out and if they wanted to book me for for something, or um, just have dinner with you and your yeah, wife. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No murderers, show please. up. Murderers need not apply. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in a cult, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no cults. No. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's that's it though. Paradiseplanets.com. There's also all of our socials. Uh, usually, it's just my name at Sean Barrows. Uh, but if you don't know how to spell that, you can just go to paradiseplanets.com. Yeah. <laughs> Most people know how to spell paradise and planets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, those are pretty easy. It's not like Julia's website. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can find it. No. <laughs> well, like, they can she, find it. I can't even say it. You can go to utahcrystals.com and I'll get you to Julia's site. Palladium? Palladian. 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 Yeah, you might have had it because I think that's close. You're part owner of that business. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, you got your name off of it? Nice. Perfect. 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 Uh, okay, so our affirmation for the day is uh, people aren't ignoring you, love bug. That last one almost doesn't fit, but, it, you know, whatever. People aren't ignoring you, love bug. People are busy as fuck with their lives. The way to stop feeling ignored is to get busy with yours. Take up knitting if, if you have to. Get into it. No one is ignoring you. They're probably just reading or something. Go read. Wow, this is fucking perfect. This was random, by the way. She just pulled one out of the box. We don't know what these say. The day you stop worrying whether or not someone is ignoring you is the day you get busy as fuck living your own life. There you go. So start reading a book. That's right. really fucking funny that this has a whole... That, it happens whole. like that. I would say like 90 to 95% yeah. of the time. We still got... You just knocked Groot oh, down, man. all the way down. Down, oh, damn. Damn. down. We still have about a year and a half left of these, I'd say. <laughs> I really like these ones. <laughs> great, so. Nice. One a week is all you get, bitches. I mean, <laughs> maybe one one week we'll walk in and our guest won't be here and we'll be like, shit, I guess we're just reading affirmations for <laughs> an hour. <laughs> you burn through... You burned through 20 of them in a... <laughs> uh, if you want to reach us, you can find us on social medias at TNU Podcast. Uh, you can go out to our website, theneutah.com or hotdog-water.com. We'll get you to the same place. Um, yeah, that's about it. Hope you have a great week. 
Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming.